AM. The Zone. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, the whole team scattered yesterday. Had a wonderful day yesterday at Dairy Strong at the KI Center in downtown Green Bay. That conference concludes this morning. Stephanie Hoff caught up with all the folks that made it into Madison for the annual Farm and Rural Lobby Day. You're going to hear about both as we roll our way through a Thursday. So glad you're along with us. I am Farm Director Pam Yonke. Now it's going to start to get interesting beginning today when it comes to Wisconsin weather. Our forecast for today is calling for a mix of clouds and sunshine this morning and then snow showers back in the forecast for the afternoon. Chances snow they're estimating at least 50 percent. Winds are going to stay pretty light. Uh, What I'm seeing as far as early estimates is by the time the system moves through we could have another inch of snow on the ground. The snow is probably going to start this afternoon, continue in the overnight hours. Friday, partly cloudy skies and 9 above. Then Saturday, sunshine and 12 above. Sunday, partly cloudy and 17. Next week gets a little tricky, to be quite honest with you. We've got a chance of snow in the forecast, but it could also be rain. We'll touch out with high temperatures midweek next week, right around 37 degrees. Stu Muckerag, meteorologist, he'll paint a better picture for us coming up. Uh, Congratulations, a Wisconsin Stratford Dairy has been selected to be the host of the state's largest outdoor agriculture event come 2026. Tell you a little bit about that. And Bryce Windecker, broker analyst with Everag, is going to be stepping to the microphone live with us this morning. So you stick around. Innovation. That's BioVet. The end of harvest, snow cover fields, and an early morning sunrise. Winter is a good time to evaluate your livestock's health. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's profitability. The knowledge and support from our team is here to help you make the difference in the health and productivity on your farm. Help your livestock stay healthy and call 1-800-BIOVET1 or visit bio-vet.com. Innovation. Are rising utility bills putting a strain on your farm's bottom line? Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades designed to help you save for years to come. Kickstart a more energy efficient future for your farm. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, supporting Wisconsin's farmers since 2001. I don't know if you realize it or not, but at the end of calendar year 2023, Dr. Joel Lauer, University Extension Corn Specialist, actually officially retired. I know, came as a surprise to me as well. He has been such a fixture of Wisconsin agriculture for so many years. I thought it'd be a good time to come on in and chat with us a little bit about what's the next chapter to hold in store for Dr. Joel Lauer. Joel, first of all, on behalf of not only corn growers, but all of us in Wisconsin agriculture, agribusiness, it has been just a real pleasure. I can't believe how the time has flown. How long were you with UW? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was with UW 30 years. Holy man. See, again, that feels like just yesterday <laughs> for sure. So talk to me a little bit about uh, what uh, brought Joe Lauer to Wisconsin those 30 years ago. What uh, what was your stage in life and uh, what did you find first most attractive about the position or the state? Well, I came from the University of Wyoming. I had uh, been nine years uh, there working with every crop except corn, actually 24 different crops. And I really came to the University of, of Wisconsin because uh, really of the position. And not only that, but the extension system that we had at that time. It was, um, I think, 
head and heads above all anything else in the country. And um, it was a nice mix between developing your own field research program and then spending a lot of time and a lot of meetings in the wintertime going around and sharing that information. And that really attracted me. I have, I've always considered myself more of a teacher than anything else, uh, primarily an extension. But but um, that's really what uh, kind of got me here. And um, and not only that, but our family is from Minnesota, so it was a little closer than Wyoming. But um, what really attracted me, though, was the, the position and, and the fact that University of Wisconsin Extension was so strong. What did we look like as a state when you came 30 years ago? Wisconsin corn production, our acres. I mean, people have to realize the technology, what we were doing with corn then is a far cry different than today. Well, we'd just come out of really the farm economic crisis of the 1980s. We'd had really four years uh, of the last six or eight years before then. We'd, we'd gone through major droughts in 1988 and 89. And then we had some really cool wet seasons in 92 and 93. And uh, we did have a few good years in there, but we'd, we'd really been st- struggling weather-wise as well as financially uh, during that time. And uh, so, you know, at the time, it was, um, it, it, it was just a real struggle uh, out there. I, and since that time, I kind of call it the demise of the red dairy barn and the rise of the granaries um, in, in throughout Wisconsin. We've seen the uh, dairies become much larger. They're not typically red dairy barns anymore, uh, and, and the dairies are larger. But the other thing that's happened is we've seen more and more grain bins around, around the state. When I, when I came, there weren't very many uh, here, and now there's a lot more cropping that is going on uh, among the the farms that are, are that are in the state. So over time, that's what's really changed. But at the time that I started, we were just kind of at the end of this uh, of the red dairy barn phase, if you will, of of the dairy industry here in Wisconsin. And then the industry started uh, really making pretty rapid advancements. You were part of those conversations uh, early on. I mean, I said. BT corn was nothing we had heard of. Everybody was pretty alarmed and kind of keeping an eye on that type of technology. So just the sheer mind frame had to have been different on the producers you dealt with. Right. The uh, You know, we started off with tissue cultured corn where we'd select uh, corn hybrids basically based on, on um, you know, how well the cells would do in a test tube with herbicides in it. So that was kind of tissue culture based. But in 1996... A couple of years after I came, uh, the bioengineered era really started with the release of BT corn borer traits. And that since that time, uh, just navigating all of that uh, was a real challenge. I, we used to have kind of two core principles of selecting hybrids, but with the, uh, with the advent of the bioengineered era, we had to add a, I added three more to that just to help navigate. Uh, what was going on during that time. There was a lot of flux, a lot of changes, and the industry was probably spending as much time trying to incorporate those those um, different transgenes into the hybrids as they were trying to keep the yield march going on that we see with corn. And, uh, and that's been a real struggle through this first 25 years of the bioengineered era. So when you saw yield results, now granted, like you said, you're coming from Wyoming. It's not like you were in the center of Iowa or something like that. But when you saw your first few years yield results, giving in mind the weather challenges, 
Did you ever say to yourself, whoa, man, what did I get myself into? I got all these dairy cows around me. Um, there's these weather challenges where you still have snow on, you know, the 15th of April, uh, a surprise frost, Father's Day weekend. And I remember having those kinds of conversations with you. Did you ever say to yourself, Joe Lauer, what are you doing here? (laughs) Well, I've I've oftentimes felt like I was in a hurricane and I was sitting in the (laughs) eye and just pulling in various things to kind of deal with. But actually, coming from Wyoming, the agriculture out there where I was at was very intense, and we were producing very high yields at the time, 270, 250 bushels in, in 1994, because we had kind of unlimited water out there. So we did produce very good corn there, but coming to Wisconsin um, was really a big change in that uh, the, the bioengineered era was was going on. And then the other big thing that was happening was the development of more and more corn silage in the in the dairy rations. And through uh, the work of like Jim Coors and Randy Shaver, two people that I really uh, uh, enjoyed working with and developing a corn silage evaluation program uh, was uh, a kind of a kept me really busy in those in those early in those early years. And and, you know, now we're at the point where, um, you know, it's kind of getting to the point where 200 bushel yield level is kind of average now. But when I started that first year in 1994, we set a new record. It was 141 bushels. That was an 18% increase over the previous record. And uh, I thought, man, this might be kind of easy, but uh, yeah. it, hasn't, it hasn't worked that way. There's been a lot, of, a lot of challenges. A lot of them are weather because we are on the northern edge of the Corn Belt, and, and weather influences uh, Wisconsin production a lot. Again, Dr. Joel, our University Extension Corn Specialist, uh, soon emeritus, I guess we say, after they retire. And, uh, but look for his face around, like we said. He'll be around Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, I'm sure, and other events statewide. And I told Joe, the last thing I want to ask you, for all the years that I've known you, Joe, and we've had umpteen conversations, I can't, uh, can't count, but of all the people in all the state of Wisconsin, if you can think of one thing, what one thing don't we know about Dr. Joe Lauer? <laughs> well, um, I think one thing you probably don't know is that I'm an avid biker, bicyclist, biker. I've uh, biked across Wisconsin, biked across Iowa, biked across the country uh, in, in uh, various times. Um, uh, usually it's kind of like two-week segments at a time. And so one of the things I'm going to do when I retire this year is uh, my brother and I are going to bike down the Pacific Coast. Um, He lives in Portland, and we're going to start in Vancouver and get as far south as we can, for sure, Northern California, but we're going to go keep on going eventually in another year or so. So you may not know that about me, but that's what I do. I usually bike into campus from Wanakee, and um, and I've done that for – a lot of years, but I'm a fair weather biker. I don't if it's if it's stormy out, I'll I'll drive. But uh, <laughs> I do like to do a lot of I do like to bike uh, around, and there's a lot of places to do that. Yeah, in Wisconsin. Oh, and, no wonder uh, you and like enjoy, Madison. Yeah, and I enjoy that. Wow, there we go. Something <laughs> I didn't know. That's for sure. Dr. Joe Lauer, again, our guest in studio. He has uh, retired after 30 years plus of dedicated service to not only Wisconsin corn growers, but I said of Wisconsin agribusiness. There are probably plenty of folks out there 
that are saying, oh, geez, we're going to miss Joe. There's more to come, I'm sure. And we'll carry that story, I'm sure, from uh, Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo, perhaps. Again, Dr. Joe Lauer, congratulations on 30 years of outstanding service. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit mhimaging.com. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDenseVet.com. Innovation. You know, Will, a lot of people say we sound alike. I'd have to agree with them, Dad. Well, the two of you may sound alike, but you sure don't look alike. And your roof doesn't have to look like everyone else's. Allow Sweet Metal Roofing to transform yours. See what one will look like on your home. I'm Mike. Will. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweet Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A, metalroofing.com. Sweet Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom. This is the Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your Something a little uplifting to roll your way into a Thursday. Time to check in on what's happening with our weather. And it is changing. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. A couple of folks here in the building have already commented that uh, primarily because there's not much of a breeze out there this morning, it feels a little warmer this morning than it has in the past couple of days. That's uh, kind of a trend that's going to start today and stick with us into next week, isn't it? Well, we get a little wave, but it really will kick in for next week, right? I'm looking this morning, Pam, believe it or not, almost everybody's temps are above zero. Nice. Right that's, now. That's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. What I'm a little concerned about is what it's going to start feeling like this afternoon. We've got more snow in the forecast. There is a little snow in the forecast. Yeah, a little bit. I'm looking at southern Wisconsin, an inch or two, maybe. The heaviest, I know that's everybody worries about, far southeast Wisconsin. One to three could actually be a little lake effect trying to kick in like Racine, Kenosha, southern Milwaukee. Could give them just a little more snow. 
But I think for most of us, some light snow, you know, that cold weather, a little more on the fluffy side. That's what we'll deal with. Low pressure is passing to our south. It's going to move from all around Kansas through Missouri, southern Illinois from today and on into early tomorrow. There is some snow, central Illinois, northern Indiana this morning, and far southern lower Michigan as well. A little light snow on the Wisconsin-Illinois border. Just not going to be a real big deal. But I do expect that more clouds develop, and almost everybody in the southern part of the state put that lacrosse to Oshkosh line. South of there, talking about little snow by later today or into the nighttime, and like I've said, an inch, maybe two should be about it. Temps staying a little cooler than normal yet today, a little cooled on behind this low pressure, so it does cool a little bit for Friday, but then those temps began to climb, not all that quickly, but a little bit more mild Saturday, a little climb for Sunday. There'll be some sunshine with it. And by Monday, back to normal or above. But with the mild air starting the new week, you know what's got to happen. We're Wisconsinites. We expected something good and a slight chance of a little snow could try to edge in into Monday. So maybe a little snow as those temps finally will begin to rise a bit. It does look like next week, at least all the way from Monday through Saturday, should be on the above normal side. Those normals in the upper 20s. So upper 20s and low 30s doesn't sound bad. A nice break after the cold weather we've dealt with this week and still have for the next, oh, about three or four days before it starts to really move up. I'll have forecast details right after this. Are rising utility bills putting a strain on your farm's bottom line? Focus on Energy can identify energy efficiency upgrades designed to help you save for years to come. Kickstart a more energy efficient future for your farm. Call 800-762-7077 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, supporting Wisconsin's farmers since 2001. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation. Alrighty, Stu, let's have some more details on kind of what's coming our way today. Are we thinking that this snow chance is going to start developing, what, just after lunch or later in the afternoon? I expect kind of later in the afternoon, although southwest Wisconsin may see a little before that, just not a big deal today. The clouds developing through the day. There may actually be some breaks for sun to start it out. That's fantastic. But clouds develop in that light snow by later in the day. Temps just into the teens, 12 and 14 degrees, maybe a 15 here or there, with the winds becoming north at about 5. Overnight, cloudy skies, and then there's that snow, an inch, maybe two in the south. Temps falling to the low single digits, and the northwest winds 5 to 15. Wind chills uh, down to just below zero, 5 or 10 below. Mostly cloudy tomorrow. Well, it could be back only around uh, anywhere from 8 to about 10 degrees with the northwest winds 5 to 15. There's a wind chill advisory from 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. tomorrow, La Crosse, all the way to southwest Wisconsin as well. Some sunshine by Saturday, Pam. Maybe the teens, probably upper teens with sunshine Sunday and, and then warming up. Maybe some snow with it on Monday. All right. We'll catch up with you tomorrow and see what develops. Thank you, my friend. 
Have a good day. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, giving you the quickest updates you have as far as Thursday weather is concerned. And don't forget, our talk text line always working. You got a question, you got something going on in your neighborhood, or you want to tell me what's going on with the snow pile in your front yard, that talk text line available anytime, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. You can call it. Or you can text it, and you'll reach the entire farm team with your message. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Youngke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck, thanks to Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization for over 100 years. Join now at WFBF.com and Equity Livestock Cooperative. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things, well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them, too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year... We'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. A good friend might tell you that your shoe's untied or, hey, you've got a bit of breakfast on the corner of your mouth. Well, a good friend will also share valuable insights about the scoop on money and energy savings. Like Benjamin Plumbing and their game-changing electric hybrid water heaters. Potential savings of up to three to four times a conventional water heater with current tax incentives up to $2,000. Benjamin Plumbing's electric hybrid water heaters go beyond being just a water heater. It acts as a dehumidifier for your basement, kicking musty odors, mold, and excess moisture to the curb eco-friendly and efficient these electric hybrid water heaters will leave your wallet and our environment completely satisfied hi dale benjamin with benjamin plumbing when we say your plumbing problem is fixed we mean it no excuses i guarantee it contact benjamin plumbing at benjaminplumbing.com now you've got a friend in the plumbing business benjamin plumbing buying a really good piece of jewelry may seem intimidating but not after you talk with William Thomas. They take the time with you so you know your money is well spent, not overspent. Their decades of knowledge shine almost as brilliantly as the stunning stones in your custom piece. 
Come see the collection of gorgeous gems and choose one for your very own. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Celebrating 30 years of brilliance. You love your home. It's full of memories from the past and even more memories to be made. When you're ready to spruce it up, contact AF Construction. AF Construction will talk to you about your addition ideas, like a relaxing three-season sunroom or expanded living space. AF Construction, your local hands-on remodeling contractor, offering line item estimates and eye-popping results. For your free consultation, visit afconstructionllc.com. Get ready for a remarkable new look. Is losing interest due to low libido sabotaging your love life? After the age of 30, women begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline, medications, or health issues. Carbon World Health can help you do something about it. They offer custom-designed hormone replacement therapies. They'll determine exactly what you need to re-energize your love life. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. This is Matt and Pete Gunderson. We recently celebrated the life of Ingrid, proud of her Norwegian heritage and a passion for art. Her life celebration included the Norwegian art of rose mulling. Her family was invited to help decorate the casket. Allow us to personalize every detail of a life well lived. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. For anyone saying the 49ers are making or winning the Super Bowl this year, let uh, me remind you of something. Is the tweet. It's the Kirk Cousins curse. No team has lost to Kirk Cousins and played in the Super Bowl the same year. You got to go all the way back to October 23rd when the Minnesota Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, yes, the bird-killing stadium itself, defeated the 49ers 22-17. to Again, no team has lost to Kirk Cousins and played in the Super Bowl the same year year i just want to bring this up though for packer fans if you feel hopeful that this um statistic or i guess um trend <laughs> plays through at no one that's lost to kirk cousins won the super bowl that might be true in the 49ers but, might not win the super bowl but but the green bay packers also lost to kirk cousins they did. too they so did. the packers then aren't going to win the super bowl either so something's got to give here Potentially. Or, I mean, whoever wins that Lions-Buccaneers game. Um, I'd have to go look at the schedule again. So, let's see here. Uh, the Lions beat the Vikings both times. They're safe. They're safe. What about Tampa? And Tampa, I don't, I don't think. Well, the Lions played Tampa and the Packers played Tampa. Oh. The Buccaneers beat the Vikings 20-17 to September 10th. So someone's got to give in the other game, too. Someone's got to obviously win. So it's looking like the Buccaneers or the Lions are going to go to the Super Bowl then? Okay. Lions, here's your chance. This could be it. This could be it. Oh, uh, the oh, Kinger's right, though. The Plus, the Lions didn't play Kirk Cousins. Well, it depends at, on what time they would have played them. I don't have the schedule up in front of me. But, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. if it's in the first, what was it, seven-ish weeks? Okay, Nick Mullins um, played... January 7th, and for the other matchup, it was Nick Mullins again. So the Lions never played Kirk Cousins. So Lions or Buccaneers, there you go. Yep, there it is. 
I guess the the Packers and 49ers should both double forfeit this week. <laughs> Just cancel the game. Yeah. It's, it's not even worth it. Just cancel it. We're actually moving the Detroit Lions and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers matchup to the NFC Championship. There you game. go. Pencil it in. <laughs> uh, on the matchup, though, with the 49ers and the uh, Green Bay Packers. So we were talking about this at uh, the start of the show. I didn't play the clip. I'm going to play it now. Nick Bosa was trying his hardest not to give bulletin board material to the Green Bay Packers. He, he, he kind of wanted to call Jordan Love a system quarterback. And then he talked a little smack nicely about Aaron Rodgers. Here's the Kyle talks about is, is the whole team has improved throughout the entire season. They've gotten a lot of guys healthy. And, and they have a lot of the same guys from the past really good teams they've had. And um, a quarterback who does exactly what he's coached to do, which Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer and unbelievable, but he kind of went outside of the realm of, of coaching, and and uh, sometimes it's it's good when you have a guy who, who does what he's coached to do. So he kind of wanted to call Jordan Love a system quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers maybe made it harder for the Packers because he went outside of the, the realm of coaching. Well, I think when you're talking like that about an Aaron Rodgers – Part of the going off script is what makes him great, right? Like when you think about some of the McCarthy years, especially early on when he had some of that receiver talent, and you were talking about, well, he'd come up with a play here or change it at the line because he saw this, and then he'd, you know, evade some defenders, scramble out to his right and chuck it 60 yards down to his left and be a big completion. Part of that is what made Aaron Rodgers great. Part of that's what makes Brett Favre great, going off script. Yeah. But then there's the other side of that, which is a double-edged sword, being sometimes Aaron Rodgers would get laser-focused on Devontae Adams. Yep. Sometimes maybe he did change the play that was worse off than what the original play was. So it's a little give and take. You know what play I wish Aaron Rodgers would have changed instead of sticking in the coaching boundaries? Is when Matt LaFleur decided to kick a field goal against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Aaron Rodgers was half off and pissed about it instead of going for it. I wish Aaron Rodgers would have changed it then and there. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a give or take. Like I don't think Aaron Rodgers playing off script always made them better, but it, it obviously didn't always make them worse. No. Like clearly, I think if you look at his entire career, Aaron Rodgers' track record of going off script is more pro than con. Yeah. I saw Grant Bills, uh, Dragon Rogers a bit saying, uh, Grant says he's been saying it for two years that Rogers made football harder than it needed to be for the Green Bay Packers. It's a kind of a revisionist history right there, Rowdy. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Our man Bryce Windecker, broker analyst with Everags, joining us live this morning in about 15 minutes to break down the influences on what's happening with our dairy trade. Stephanie Hoff was a part of the Wisconsin Farmers Union Farm and Rural Lobby Day that happened in downtown Madison yesterday. And yours truly was up in Green Bay for the annual Dairy Strong Conference. We've got updates on all of it this Thursday morning. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Tickled to have you along with us. Today it looks like we're going to have mostly cloudy skies. 13 is our expected high. Good possibility we could see some snow flurries, probably starting around lunchtime, continuing into the evening hours. About an inch of snow, what they're projecting right now. Uh, also, for tomorrow, cloudy skies, 9 above. Saturday is the beginning of a warming trend. Sunshine on Saturday, 12. Sunday, partly cloudy in 17. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, we are into the mid-30s, and that means we've got a chance of precipitation. Is it going to be rain? Is it going to be snow? We'll have to wait and see on that one. 
So glad you're along with us. So let's talk about it. Today is the 18th day of January. Interesting, on this day back in 1908, fire destroyed a big tobacco warehouse in Janesville. They figure 4,000 cases of tobacco were destroyed. They estimated the losses back in 1908, $250,000. It was the considered the largest property loss to date in Janesville, and three firemen had injuries because of the blaze. Happened on this day back in 1908. On this day in 1930, a train crash happened in Janesville. The good news was only three men were injured when uh, two passenger trains literally crashed head-on in Janesville on this day back in 1930. On this day in 1886, modern hockey was born. It actually happened in England, as a matter of fact. Modern hockey started on this day back in 1886. And happy birthday to actor Kevin Costner. Still looking pretty fine. He's 69 years young today, and now you know. Boy, very good turnout yesterday for the Wisconsin Farmers Union Annual Farm and Rural Lobby Day. Started at Bethel Lutheran Church yesterday morning and then proceeded down to the state capitol. Wisconsin Farmers Union President Darren Von Ruden said they've got a lot of different items they want the state house to take action on. And he said, really, when it comes to getting policy passed in this day and time, it takes more than just conversations. Uh, well, certainly on the climate change uh, or climate issues, uh, you know, we've seen the record heat here last this last summer, uh, drought again in the state of Wisconsin, which covered a, a big chunk of the state. And so looking at that, uh, you know, the legislature right now just doesn't seem to want to talk too much about that. But it's a, it's a reality that we live in. Uh, you know, our climate is changing and there's things that we can do to actually change that process. And we have to take responsibility as the citizens that are here today to make sure that happens. Darren Von Ruden, president of the Wisconsin Farmers Union. Governor Tony Evers spent some time with the delegates yesterday as well. One of the items that he talked about is the labor situation that a lot of Wisconsin agriculture and agribusiness is facing. Evers says that ag labor labor is definitely something he hears a lot about. And he says an easy step in trying to help farms with labor challenges would be reinstating laws that allow farm workers to get driver's licenses. I continue to talk about the really simple one, and that's to make sure that folks that work on the farms, they have the ability to have have driver's licenses so that they're not spending their time avoiding police and being you know, picked up for not having a driver's license. It's a real simple fix. We've had, we've had in the past that people that aren't documented can still get a driver's license, and then uh, the Republicans took that away several years ago. We need to have that happen. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers talking with folks that gathered for the Wisconsin Farmers Union Farm and Rural Lobby Day. Now you can hear more from the governor as well as more comments from Darren Von Ruden. Pop on over to MidwestFarmReport.com. You'll see the podcast playlist all right there. Big announcement for the state of Wisconsin. We have got the 2026 host for Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. The announcement officially coming today, but uh, we have it first. Congratulations to Matt Rodetsky and his brother Sam. No Joke Dairy in Stratford, Wisconsin will host the state's largest outdoor event coming up 2026. And it's kind of an interesting story when you hear the phrase No Joke Dairy. His uh, family owned a dairy farm but in 19, well, since 1911, they've owned the farm, but the family actually sold their cows in 2011. So Matt got into welding. He was on the road as a welding specialist for stainless steel. 
And he told people all the time all he wanted to do was get back to milking cows. And he'd tell them, no joke. Well, that's how the name of the dairy came to be. So again, Matt and his brother Sam, along with their families, are going to be your hosts for the 2026 Wisconsin Farm Technology Days. The dates they're slating right now, July 14th through the 16th. That will be the 72nd Wisconsin Farm Technology Day show. More in a moment. Innovation, Innovation. that's BioVet. The end of harvest, snow cover fields, and an early morning sunrise. Winter is a good time to evaluate your livestock's health. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's profitability. The knowledge and support from our team is here to help you make the difference in the health and productivity on your farm. Help your livestock stay healthy and call 1-800-BIOVET1 or visit bio-vet.com. Innovation, that's BioVet. I'm sure when I say Bavaria sausage, you automatically think brats and grilling out, right? Well, guess what? With this wicked Wisconsin weather we've got, I think about warming up. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee for Bavaria Sausage at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. Open Monday through Fridays, 9 until 5. Or open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, regardless of the weather, BavariaSausage.com. Now stop and think about all the great recipes you've got that will help you warm up from the inside out. I'm talking about stews. I'm talking about soups. I'm talking about the main dish. That's where Bavaria Sausage comes in with their old world flavor. How about featuring sauerbrat and schnitzel, maybe some spatzel? They've got all kinds of recipes for dumplings and great old-world flavor available through spices and different ingredients. All you need to do is take a look. Again, open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5 at the corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg, or do a little shopping online, BavariaSausage.com. They'll keep you warm this winter. Well, Stephanie was down at the State House with the Wisconsin Farmers Union yesterday. I was up in Green Bay with the annual Dairy Strong Conference hosted by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Cooperative. You know, while they were talking about climate change and trying to find policy solutions at the State House up in Green Bay, they were talking about data management and telling the story of sustainability. Tim Trotter is the executive director of the Dairy Business Association, and he explains how they're trying to figure out just how they can manage all the data generated on the average Wisconsin dairy farm and kind of monetize it for the farm. It is, and again, we have to lean into this. And we keep telling farmers, don't be afraid of the future. Know your data. Your data is your friend because the majority of farms, the vast majority of farms, are very sustainable. The problem is we don't. We have a story, but we don't have data to share. Right. Just tell me how this happens. And we see it happening in communities. You go up in Kiwani County where yes. you know dairy farms were uh, um, you know, looked as the big, ugly uh, machine up there. Now we have a really good rapport because those local farms are sharing their data with their communities. They're seeing better regulations. They're seeing more connection. And the marketplace is responding to it. We have the, Now we have brands wanting to see the data on farms as a way to leverage more value back to the farm. Because, again, it all comes back to having a sustainable economic uh, future for farming. And with that is linking to the marketplace. So I would encourage all farms, I don't care if you're in the front of the train or the back of the train, but you're on the train going in the right direction. 
Tim Trotter, executive director of the Dairy Business Association. More on that conversation to come. Also want to congratulate some of the folks they recognized last night during their banquet. Doug Grotegut, who's a dairy producer with his operation in Manitowoc, was named the Dairy Farmer Operator of the Year by Dairy Business Association. And Tom Crave from Crave Brothers Farm in Waterloo, named the Dairy Advocate of the Year. Congratulations to both. All right, let's get to the market. So we've got time for our friend Bryce Windecker just around the corner. So after a tough day yesterday, markets are trying to rally back a bit today. March corn's up two, December new crop up a penny and a half, 476. March beans up six right now, November new crop up six and a half, 1195. The wheat's unchanged at 601, and the February class three milk is up nine right now at 1580. Yesterday, barrel cheese finished a quarter of a cent lower at 146 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese was down a penny and a half at 150. And double A butter that gained a penny and a quarter yesterday, 258 a pound. Up next, our friend Bryce Windecker, broker analyst with EverEgg, joining us. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Trusting someone else enough to pack up your stuff for the big move usually doesn't happen. Our employees are like family and have been with us for a very long time. You can feel comfortable with them packing things up and moving them. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the the all-in-the-family move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like these before. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Now that I refurbished my entire living room with Lazy Luxury, everyone keeps asking, is that a Lazy Boy recliner? What they don't know is that my budget allowed me to redecorate for a fraction with free in-home design included. I say yes. At Lazy Boy, customizable fashion and luxury can be this simple. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. Well, we're going to shout on out towards South Dakota on this Thursday morning. That's where Bryce Windecker, one of our broker analyst buddies from Everag, is traveling. Bryce, thanks for joining us. What are you seeing out in South Dakota? I mean, be, besides snow, huh? Yeah, snow and cold, that is for sure. Everyone's looking forward to uh, <laughs> the weather warming up next week, uh, but definitely uh hearing lots of stories about um milk having trouble 
uh, getting around the past uh, week or so here, a lot of uh, loads dumped in this part of the country. I heard upwards of 150 uh, last week. So uh, still plenty of milk floating around out there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now, give them kind of an update as to why you're in South Dakota. Is that one of the states that's seeing an increase either in dairy farms or dairy cattle numbers? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A uh, lo- lot of dairies uh, moving into this I-29 corridor, uh, both ends of the state. Uh, it's a really, really good place to uh, milk cows. A lot, a lot of um, cheaper feed production uh, that's going on here, especially with all the the soybean crushing that's happening. But uh, you know, with that, you know, seeing uh, a need for uh, processing capacity because, you know, like I said, there is just a lot of uh, extra milk flowing around, floating th- around out there without a home. Yeah, I thought they I thought they just had one plant in that region kind of come online, didn't they? Uh, yes, there is a Valley Queen facility uh, that is that is coming online uh, here very, very soon. Uh, so that, that'll be exciting, but that'll definitely get filled up quick. I mean, the, the South Dakota itself is up about 13 percent on milk production. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Well, we want to pivot and talk a little bit about not just where South Dakota milk is going, but where all our milk is going. Boy, oh boy, Bryce, our international picture as far as dairy exports has been particularly sluggish for this quarter, huh? Yes, yes, very, very sluggish. I mean, uh, even though we shipped about, um, uh, excuse me, uh, seven um million more pounds of cheese than we did in uh, in October uh, from November and more than we did last November. It's just not enough to add up to all this extra product flo- floating around out there. Uh, a lot of new cheese uh, processing capacities come uh, came online uh, last year and, and will continue over the next couple of years. And it kind of begs the question, you know, how, how much cheese do we really need? Uh, we're on- I say we're only down 4% and, you know, man, oh man, we're looking at a $15 class three milk price. And w- w- even with a, a stronger weight market, I mean, this cheese market is just having a tough time. I think, uh, you know, one saving grace has definitely been our partner to the South, uh, Mexico there. I mean, they're, they're up, uh, about, uh, 20%, uh, from a year ago, uh, on, uh, total cheese purchases while our friends in Asia, uh, are, are down uh, 20%, namely South Korea and Japan. Um, you know, they're, they're having a really tough time with their, their economy. Uh, with our strong U.S. dollar, uh, the Japanese yuan is down at the lowest level it's ever been in history. Uh, so that, that currency exchange is not helping us there at all. Boy, that is a tough uh, challenge to overcome. Bryce Windecker from Everegs along with us this morning. I just always want to remind you, saw those folks yesterday at the Dairy Strong Conference, and they're available to you online, ever.ag, and you will find good folks like Bryce Windecker that are there to kind of help you with risk management and that. So let's talk a little bit more about other global trends that we might be seeing, Bryce. Uh, We just got done with another World Ag Supply Demand Report, and, I mean, it it, every, you know, what we get December milk production out what tomorrow? Uh December milk production uh should be coming out on the twenty fourth along with the cold storage report. Uh so we'll we'll get a good look at that. Uh I you know I don't think we'll see too many more months uh very negative uh on, on milk production here coming up. I think 
feeds getting cheaper and you know looking at the dairy cattle slaughter report we, we've kind of already called the cows that we were going to call you know it kind of you know anecdotally you can only call the same cow once and uh, i think people you know if they are going to remain in the dairy business you know they're going to hold on to them to you know you know try and make milk and uh do what they were uh born and bred to do um on that WASD report uh really exciting uh to to get that all-time high uh corn bushel yield of 177 uh off you know little to no rain in some spots in the midwest this past year uh so it just goes to show we got rain at the right time and uh, th- these new corn hybrids are, you know, absolutely immaculate, you know, being able to, you know, um, make 177 bushels with that, um, much of a lack of rain. We're seeing really good weather out of Argentina and Brazil as of late, especially Argentina, uh, getting, you know, very timely rains and having their cro- crop, I mean, their, their crop production estimates will be, uh, nearly double what they were last year. Uh, coming out of their third year of a straight drought. Uh, however, Brazil is getting a little bit dry again here. So uh, they did start harvesting their soybeans. They're about 2 to 4% harvested as of right now. And we'll, we'll con- continue to monitor that. You know, uh, the state says down there that, you know, they expect, uh, you know, 20 million metric tons less than where USDA has uh, them currently pegged at. But, uh I'm not really buying that based on where their their current um, mm-hmm. soybean export price is. I mean, it's way cheaper than us. So mm-hmm. you know, are they are they really that worried? You know, yeah. I I would expect not if they're trying to sell beans today. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, we got to try to get what we can get then before they get any farther along than four percent. Bryce Windecker along with us, and uh, anybody finding new appetite for dairy on the global scene at these reduced prices, Bryce. Uh, d- definitely seeing a lot of export interest, uh, spot export interest, I should note, uh, on, on cheese, uh, especially uh, down here around the 150 uh, block range. We're 40 cents cheaper uh, than the rest of the world, so I definitely don't think we can get much lower than this. What you know, what, I, what worries me is the, those forward contracts into Q2, Q3, and Q4. Uh, hearing um, Fonterra from New Zealand ag- uh, aggressively offering uh, cheese in- into the 150s and 160s. So uh, with our futures curve still in the, you know, the mid 180s, you know, that's definitely very uh, w- worrisome for us to be able to get those forward bookings. So uh, I'm afraid as we get, you know, closer to the months, you know, then, you know, we'll have to, you know, stay around this 150 mark to be able to get some exports. Ouch. Um, you know, global milk production really changes. Right. Uh, right. I am hearing that the EU is really declining. Well, we're going to have to we're going to have to talk about that at another time, my friend. We're out of time. Bryce Windecker joining us live this morning from South Dakota, part of the Ever Ag team. This is the Midwest Farm Report.